Hare Krishna. Are you all ready to sing a song? Yes. Okay. So we'll sing the one, the second song of. It's all right. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. You play. Uh, on the page nine. It goes like Shochiro Anginai Nachi Bishambharurai Hashi Hashi Firi Firi Maire Lukai Boyane Boshono Dia Bole Lukainu Shochi Bole Bishambhar Amina Dekinu Mairo Anchalo Dhori Chanchalo Charone Nachia Nachia Jai Khanjana Gamone Bashudeva Ghosho Kahe Aparupashobha Shishurupa Dekhi Hai Jagamana In the courtyard of Mother Shachi, the child Bishambhar Rai plays. Who is Bishambhar Rai? Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What was his name? Actually, Bishambhar. Rai means king or princely Bishambhar. So, in the courtyard of Mother Shachi, who is dancing? Little Nimai. Little Nimai is dancing in Mother Shachi's courtyard. Smiling and giggling, he goes from one place to another, hiding from his mother. Covering his covering himself with his cloth, he says, I'm hiding. Do the children play like that? Cover the thing with his mother's cloth? Mommy, mommy, I'm hiding. <laughs> and Mother Sachi is saying, Nimai, I can't find you. Shachi wale vishambhar, amina dekhino. Shachi Mata says, Vishambhar, I don't see you. Holding the age of his mother's sari, he dances about on tottering feet in the skittish manner of a wake tail. Khanjan is a bird, I don't know wake tail. It kind of moves in a very uh, rhythmic dancing gait. Khanjan. So, Mairo on Chaludhuri, Chanchalu Chaduni, Nachia Nachia Jai, Khanjanu Bamuni. Just as a Khanjan bird moves, uh, he is moving, holding on to the end of his mother's sari. Bashu Devo Ghosho Kahe Apurupa Shobha Shishu Rupa Dekhi Hai Jagamana Loka Basudev Ghosh says such an such extraordinary beauty seeing the child form of Nimai the whole world becomes infatuated. Basudev Ghosho Kahe Apurupa Shobha 
what an uh, incomparable beauty, extraordinary beauty. And seeing that childhood form of Nimai, the whole world becomes enchanted. Whole world becomes infatuated. So should we sing that? <clears throat> Shochiroyam ginai nache visham bharurai Hashi hashi firi firi maire lukai
And when you go from Navadvip towards the north, on the other side of the river, there is this beautiful place called Katwa. And actually the name of the place was Kontak Nagar. But there is a tendency that the names become abbreviated by com- due to common use. Just like Navadip became Nadia. And just like Baranashi became Benaras. So this is how places, names become abbreviated. Not abbreviated, shortened. And so Kantak Nagar became Katwa. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he decided to take sannyas, he decided to take sannyas from Keshavarati. And so one night Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left home. As I mentioned the other day, he had his old mother and young wife at home and he left home. This is the sacrifice that the Lord showed to this world. Like Actually, uh, these pastimes of the Lord, Mahaprabhu's pastimes, uh, at times is very, 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 very painful. Actually, we cannot imagine the condition of the condition of the mother, condition of his wife. But like so much love they had for him. Not only his mother and his wife, the whole of Navadi actually loved him. And all of a sudden he's gone. Navadi was totally devastated. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, even those who saw him going to take about to take sannyas became extremely heartbroken. There is a sannyas ceremony involves shaving the head and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had beautiful long hair. I mean hair of course is a very very important part of one's appearance. Like that's why the the Vaishnavas shave their head off. Because then the good part of their appearance is God. Like, actually with shaved head everyone practically looks the same. (laughs) But when uh, there is hair, then we see the difference of appearance. And anyway, so, and it has been described 
that the barber uh, who was shaving his head, shaving involves soaking the air hair with water. And he soaked his head with tears from his eyes. He was crying in such a way that the tears fell on his head. And he shaved his head and then he threw away his razor. He said, I'm not going to shave anymore. There is also in a book called Bhakti Ratnakar, there is a description of Srinivas Acharya's father. Srinivas Acharya's father, this is not Srivas Thakur. Srinivas Acharya is Narottam Das, Srinivas Acharya and Shamananda. They are the three stalwart leaders of our movement after Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, just next generation. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's generation continued by the Goswamis, the preaching. Goswamis were preparing, Mahaprabhu was preaching, Nitananda Prabhu was preaching, but Goswamis were preparing in And what the Goswamis presented, that was broadcasted by these three stalwart Acharyas, Srinivas Acharya, Narottamdas Thakur and Shamananda. Those days the real field for Vaishnava culture was in the eastern part of India, Bihar, Bengal, Assam and Orissa and a part of South India, mainly Andhra. And these areas were, I mean preaching was conducted. Bihar and western part of Bengal was conducted by Srinivasachari. Bengal and Assam part was by Narottam Das Thakur and his disciples went all the way to Manipur. Manipur is a beautiful country. How many of you have gone to Manipur? No one. <laughs> so, it's a beautiful valley uh, at the end of the Himalayan mountain range to the eastern part of India. And it's surrounded by uh, some rows of mountains. I think there are seven rows of mountains that surround the valley. And uh, it's beautiful, like there are lakes, you find the lotuses, full of lotuses. And one of Narottamdas Thakur's disciples went and preached to the king of Manipur. And as a result of that, the king of Manipur became a follower of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
and he transformed his whole kingdom into a Vaishnava kingdom. He took the Vaishnavas from Bengal to train up the people there. And they developed this very unique culture of cooking. Like even now when you go, you see the way they serve. It's so beautifully like, I mean, it's even, I mean, I haven't seen that kind of culture anywhere. Like they serve prasad in a banana leaf plate, but they cut the leaf plate in rounds. Then they make the edges. Like in Bengal, they just cut the leaf and serve it straight. But in Manipur, they don't do that. They make a plate, round plate, out of banana leaves. And the prasadam there is actually it's very, very uh, unique. Like, I used to spend some time in Manipur early days. And uh, I was the first temple president of, of Imphal Temple, the capital of Manipur. When it started, it was started by Bhakti Sarudamadar Maharaj. He is from Manipur. He was from Manipur. And he didn't have any support. So it was in 1979. 1979. And so he told me that he needed help. I said, okay, I'll help you. And but in Mayapur, they wouldn't let me go because I had so much to do in Mayapur. So then I actually fought with them. I said, no, I'm going to go. Like, and because there's a need for So I went there with a few devotees. We started the center there. And that place still retained that pristine Gauriya Vaishnava. Their dance is so beautiful and they display Mahaprabhu's pastimes, Krishna's pastimes through their dance. It is a, a very unique dance style called Manipuri dance. In India there are three or four prominent uh, spiritual, actually all dance forms in India were spiritual. But they have become uh, affected later on due to the Muslim influence, especially the North India. The North India's dance culture was called Kathak. Kathak is coming from Katha. Katha means story. The stories are enacted and displayed through dance form and that is the Kathak. It's very beautiful. Like the dancers would through dance, they would narrate the story. While they're dancing, they would speak, like in a poetic form. And you read them. But unfortunately, that dance form, Kathak, had been taken to the Muslim court. And then now, 
Kathak has become a totally Muslim term. <clears throat> but actually, uh, it is it is uh, depicting Krishna's past, de- based on Krishna's past. And like there are few f- famous Kathak songs, probably some of you remember, like Madhuban Me Radhika Nachede. Radhika, Radharani is dancing in Madhuban. So, and on, like they would sing like that and they would enact, they would dance. Then in Orissa there is Odissi dance form that they perform in front of Jagannath. In South India they have, as you know, Bharat Natyam, then Mohini Attam. Then Kathakali, that's another, uh, like in North India it was Kathak and in South India it's Kathakali. They would enact different activities and pastimes of the Lord through the dance form, narrating the story. Similarly, in Manipur there is Manipuri dance form. And <coughs> so, that that culture is still retained. Like in Manipur, you know what is the recreation? Participate, watch Krishna's pastime throughout the night. That is their way of uh, spending their festivity. Throughout the whole night, uh, the performance would go. Anyway, so uh, this all happened due to Narutanda's Thakur. Still today, uh, they have retained that culture. You will see that they are wearing Gauriya Vaishnav Tilak in such a nice way. Very beautifully they put the Tilak on. Their whole culture is very artistic. And Srila Prabhupada also very much appreciated the Manipuri culture. And they have also, they were warriors. So another aspect of the culture is this, uh, this fighting and uh, like you can see like they have this Manipuri dance depicting Krishna's pastime but there is another kind of dance they have that's sword fencing and I tell you this sword fencing is so real that when the swords clash spark come up. And I remember uh, once Bhakti Sir Damodar Maharaj arranged this Manipuri dance performance for uh, his uh, Bhaktivedanta Institute's uh, convention, which is called Synthesis Between Science and Religion. And some of the noble laureates also came in that. I forgot their names. I think one was George Wald. And I was sitting and George Wald was sitting next to me and next to him was his wife. And I mean when that performance was going on she started, she was screaming like, my God, they'll hurt themselves. (laughs) Because it was so real. Like, you know, if the so, I mean, if 
anything, any attack on of the soul was not met with the other soul, the way they were moving it so heavily, so fast, that the other person would have got seriously injured. I was talking to Satya the other day, like maybe we should, one day we should bring these kind of groups to Australia and to have a kind of performance. <coughs> anyway, so just remind me. <laughs> and I tell you, it was very, very impressive. I'll give you an example of the, how impressive it is. Uh, you see, in Singapore, ISKCON society is not recognized. <coughs> Devotees often are re refused entry when they go out dressed as devotees. But Bhakti Sarup Damodar Maharaj arranged a performance of this dance performance in uh, Singapore. Many government officials were invited and after that performance they gave Bhakti Sarup Damodar Maharaj entry to Singapore anytime he wanted. Their whole thing, attitude changed after that performance because they saw the beautiful culture. And Srila Prabhupada also told us for to have cultural conquest. Like Krishna consciousness should spread as a cultural conquest. Through culture we should conquer the world. And <clears throat> so Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyas from Keshav Bharati. And right after taking sannyas, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left. He wanted to <coughs> go to Vrindavan. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had six devotees accompanying him at that time. Nityananda Prabhu, Gadadhar Pandit, Chandrasekhar Acharya and no, I'm sorry, at that time he had three devotees. When he went to Jagannath Puri he had six. So those three devotees were Nityananda Prabhu, Chandrasekhar Acharya and Mukunda Dhatta. And Kesha Bharati also followed. And for three days, three nights Nityananda Prabhu ran continuously. Non-stop, non, not taking rest, not taking food. And mind you, like how dedicated these devotees were, that they also ran with him for three days and three nights, non-stop. But Nityananda Prabhu actually made a plan. He knew how the residents of Navadhi must be feeling due to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's sudden departure from there. So he felt that those devotees, Nitya Chaitanya Mahaprabhu must come back once just for those devotees to see. 
So Nityananda Prabhu actually misdirected Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. While Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was going towards Vrindavan, but he, Nityananda Prabhu, misdirected him to Radhadesh, North Bengal. And from there he made him turn around and come to come to the other side of the Ganges. And he told some cowherd boy that when this person asks you what is this place, you should tell them that this is Vrindavan. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw these cowherd boys were tending cows and seeing that uh, he, his uh, recollection of Vrindavan was revived. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked this boy, is this, what is this place? Is this Vrindavan? This is Vrindavan. So Mahaprabhu turned towards Nitanda Prabhu and said, Nitanda, we arrived in Vrindavan. Nitanda said, yes. <laughs> and that is Jamuna. So when he pointed out to Ganga and said that that was Jamuna, so he just uh, ran towards Jamuna, Ganga, and jumped into the river. And then he noticed that Advaita Acharya is coming on a boat. Nitananda <laughs> Prabhu actually sent Mukunda to give the information that I am bringing Nitananda Prabhu, I am bringing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and you come there with some dry clothes for him. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked, seeing Advaita, Advaita, you are also here, how did you come here? So Advaita says, yeah, Nityananda actually sent the message to me <laughs> to come here with some dry clothes. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu realized that this is not Vrindavan. <laughs> he just came back to the other side of Shantipur. So south of Navadi is Shantipur and opposite to Shantipur is Ambika Kalna. Ambika Kalna. So, I told you about yesterday, Gauridas Pandit, Gauridas Pandit's residence in Ambika So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then was very, very upset. He said, Nitanda, you made this boy's lie to me, and you lied to me. This is Vrindavan, this is Jamuna. Nitanda said, I never lie. Whatever I say is the truth and nothing but the truth, absolute truth. He said, wherever you are, that is Vrindavan. And after Ganga and Jamuna met in the confluence in Prayag, Allahabad, from there, Jamuna is flowing on the left-hand side and 
Ganga is flowing on the right hand side. So since this is the left hand side of the river, that is the eastern side of the river, uh, yeah. So this is Jamuna. On this side Jamuna is flowing. So when I say this is Jamuna, there is nothing wrong in it. Anyway, so then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was taken to Adita Charita's house. Chaitanya Charitamrita has a very beautiful description of this incident of Chaitanya. Say Adita Charya is feeding Chaitanya The amount of preparations that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu made, I mean Advaita Acharya's family made, that seeing that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said this, like this so much food, how can one eat that? Advaita Acharya said, come on, we know that in Jagannath Puri you take chappan bhog 56 times. This is nothing for you. And there's a description of all the beautiful preparations that they made. Like, <clears throat> do you remember Bhakti Vinod Thakur's description of Krishna's uh, offering? Uh, like, Bhajo Bhakata Vatsala Shri Hari Shri Gaura Hari Shahi Goshtaviha. So, she is brought to the house of Mother Jashoda because Krishna had been playing, so he has been brought. Like, <coughs> starting with Shukta, Shak, Shukta Shakadi Bhaji, Nalita Kushmanda. Dali dalna dukta tumbi dodhi mocha khandu. Mudga bara, mash bara, rotika kritanna, shoshkuli pishtako khir, puli payashan. Omrito, kolpuro omrito keli, rambhakhiro shar, then luchi chini shar puri, dadashopraka. Anyway, the description goes on and on and on. <laughs> But Nityananda Prabhu was always had a very jovial relationship with Advaita Acharya. So he said, look, for three days we are fasting <laughs> and this is what you are serving. <laughs> this. So Advaita Acharya said, come on, you are an Abhutrut, you hardly get anything to eat. <laughs> and now you are saying this is not enough for you. <laughs> And this, so this is how Nitanda Prabhu and Advaita Chari Prabhu had a very nice uh, jovial uh, exchange. And <clears throat> so then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the news already reached that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to Shantipur and the whole of Navadip came to see him. The only person who did not come was Vishnu Priyadevi. 
because when the husband takes annas, he doesn't see his wife again. So that's why Vishnu Priya So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had the as so many people actually came to see him that Advaita, they practically broke his wand. Like the wall was broken so they wanted to come in. Thousands upon thousands the one person also who came to see him was Raghunath Das Goswami. He was a young boy, young man at that time. And he told, he was, he was actually a boy, so to say. So he expressed his desire to go with Chaitanya Raghunath Das Goswami hailed from a very, very wealthy family. Like, <clears throat> and I mean, those days, India was the most prosperous country. And in India, those days, Bengal was the most prosperous place. And in Bengal, Shaptokram was the port. So when one can well imagine how opulent that place was, and his father, Raghunath Das Goswami's family, was the lord or the king of Shaptaka. And he was the only member of this family, only male member of the family. The two brothers, Hiranna and Govardhan, and <coughs> the only son was Raghunath. But Raghunath Das Goswami became attracted to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, from his childhood, from his young age. He heard about Raghunath Das Goswami from Haridas Thakur. He heard about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He developed the holy name, attachment to holy name in this way. Haridas Thakur was a guest once in the house of their family priest, Raghunath Das Goswami's family priest. And Raharidas Thakur spoke about the holy name. And there was one, he was, he described, while describing the glory of chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, that he once told I mean, he mentioned there that the liberation that one doesn't achieve after millions of lifetimes of Brahman realization, that liberation is achieved simply by chanting the holy name in the clearing stage. The chanting has three stages. Offensive stage, Clearing stage, when the offenses are gone, clearing stage, and then the pure chanting. So, <clears throat> in the clearing stage, one achieves liberation, mukti. 
and in pure stage of chanting one receives spring. So that's in that context Haridas Thakur explained that the liberation that cannot be achieved by millions of lifetimes of Brahman realization, the Gyanis aspire for Brahman realization. Generally people think that Brahman realization or Sajucha Mukti is the ultimate goal of life. So, <clears throat> but Haridas Thakur pointed out that that liberation is achieved just in the clearing stage of chanting. There is no need to go for this arduous austerities and penances that this uh, Ganis and yogis do. So they chant the holy name. Just in the clearing stage of chanting, we will achieve liberation. So there was a Brahmana there. And he protested. He very offensively challenged Haridas, saying that what he was saying is all nonsense. And then he mentioned that uh, if this is true, whatever you are saying, I'll cut off my nose. In the course of uh, his expression, he mentioned. This Brahmana was sponsored by Haridasta, I mean, Raghunanda Goswami's family, so his father was very upset. So he, this kind, he fired this Brahmana. And this Brahmana developed leprosy. Within a very short time, he said, what did he say? I'll cut off my nose. And his nose literally fell off. Because leprosy, the, the flesh and bone starts to decompose, start to, uh, uh, yeah, start to fall apart, fall off. So his nose fell off. He is suffering from leprosy. Anyway, so from that time Raghunath Das Goswami became attached to the holy name, being instructed by Haridas Thakur. And when he heard that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannas, he was extremely heartbroken that he felt that I'll never be able to see Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, but when he got the news that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to Shantipur, he just came to see him. There are so many people, but Adita Acharya took special mercy upon Raghunath and he brought him to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and gave him the remnants of Sri Chaitanya because he knew the family Adita Acharya and he was close, he had an intimate association with his father and uncle. So this is how Raghunath Das Goswami received the mercy of Chaitanya. And he said that, I want to go with you. I want to go with you. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave some very nice instruction to Raghunanda He said, there is no need to prematurely display this renunciation. 
he con- he mentioned that uh, as monkey renunciation. The monkey renunciation. Apparently, monkeys are quite renounced. And Prabhupada is saying the monkeys have monkeys live in the forest. They also eat fruits and roots. They move about naked. Many yogis and things do that. Yogis and bhogis <laughs> do that. Right? Yogis and gyanis. But monkey, what is activity? You know, is the monkey pursuing spiritual life? No. Monkey is leading a gross materialist. And Prabhupada says something like a monkey has about two dozen wives. So that is monkey. And he says that don't display monkey renunciation. Go home and accept everything in relation to Krishna. And Jathajog Gobisha just accept everything in relation to Krishna with a mood of detachment. Then, of course, uh, Raghunath Das Goswami, we see his life. He wanted to run away uh, to meet Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Jagannath Many times he ran away. But his father's people, soldiers, they went and caught him and brought him. So, then Raghunath Das Goswami, they got him married to an extremely beautiful princess. But still Raghunath Das Goswami, heart was not in family life. But then eventually, he left his family his wife, his opulence like that of Indra and his beautiful situation there. And he went to Jagannath Puri. His mother told his father that this time when you catch him, you tie him down with a chain and keep him at home. His father said, the beautiful wife, like beautiful wife, like that of an apsara, the wealth of Indra could not tie him down. Do you think just some mere chain will be able to tie him down? When one receives the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this is what happens. No one can actually keep him. So this is how then he said, fine, let him go, let him, if that is what he wants to do. And then you you know what, I mean, how renounced Raghunath Das Goswami became. Like, Prabhupada actually pointed out that through Raghunath Das Goswami, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu demonstrated 
the art of renunciation. The example of renunciation. <clears throat> King's son, but he left home. The father was sending him money and men to take care of him. But he used that money and men to organize feasts for the devotee and Chaitanya Then he saw, my father is a materialist. Why should I take his money? So he stopped taking his money and sent his men back home. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wandered from Sarvadamana Saru. Then how does he maintain himself? He said he stands by the Singhadwar of Jagannath, main gate of Jagannath temple. When the pujaris go by, they give him some uh, prasad of Jagannath. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, very good. Then after some time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Sarvadamadar, I don't see Raguna in front of Singhadwar yeah, he stopped taking <coughs> even pressure of Lord Because, and what's it, how, how is he maintaining himself? He sits with where Jagannath, where uh, food is distributed to the beggars. The beggars sit down in a row and the prasad generous people offer them some food. So Raghunath Das Goswami stands and sits on that row and receives He stopped that. Mahaprabhu asked, what, wait, how does he maintain himself? He goes out at the back of the temple there is a drain where Jagannath's prasad, sort of rotten prasad, so to say, is thrown out. That, that even the animals don't eat, even the cows and goats don't eat. <coughs> Jagannath collects the good part of that prasad and he is. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became so ecstatic hearing that he went to where Raghunath Goswami was staying in a small little hut. He asked, Raghunath, you are having this most wonderful prasad of the Lord and you are having it all by yourself, depriving all of us. Raghunath was embarrassed. My Lord, I am not uh, having the grand prasad of Lord Chaitanya. Oh, so now you are even trying to deceive me. <laughs> <laughs> and he saw this bowl, a clay, small clay pot, with that, and he started to eat Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Raghunanda Goswami tried to stop him. There's a beautiful painting, I don't know whether you have seen that. 
Mahaprabhu is taking the prasad and Raghunanda is person is trying to stop him. No, no, my Lord, you can't take that, you can't take that. Then eventually Raghunanda Goswami went to Vrindavan. And in Vrindavan, he used to take buttermilk. You know buttermilk? Like after the but, the butter is taken out from the yogurt water, then what is left left is. So he used to take a cupful, clay, I mean leaf cup full of buttermilk once only in three days. His servant one day considered he brought some buttermilk on a big leaf. He found a big leaf, shak. There is a still tree called shal and from that leaf they just made the cups. Dona, it's called. So he thought that if I take some, yeah, he'll take cupful, but if I take a cupful, that will take bigger, uh, lo- larger quantity. So Raghunadas Goswami asked, uh, where did you get this leaf? And he asked, he first said that he found it in Chandravali. Just Chandravali is Radharani's competitor. Although they are sisters, but uh, Krishna, Chandra, Krishna uh, sometimes is allured by Chandravali. So this is how the competition is there between Radharani and Chandravali, uh, who can get Krishna. And so that way, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's followers, who are the followers of Srimati Radharani, they can't stand Chandravali. Their thing is, their mood is that, uh, do you want to uh, take away Radharani's Krishna? Loite chaon, Radharani, who belongs to Radharani, you want to take him away? You big thief. <laughs> so that is their mood. And so when he just heard the name of Chandravali, he threw that uh, cup full of buttermilk away. So this is how uh, Raghunath Das Goswami displayed his detachment and renunciation. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu <coughs> uh, asked. I mean, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went and started to eat Raghunandas collected Prashant. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, yeah, this is how Raghunandas Goswami had the opportunity to meet Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then the devotees of Mayapur came and he met them 
and when he met Sri Srimati Sachi Mata, he was extremely heartbroken. My mother, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have taken sannyas, leaving you in that condition at home. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, I would give up my sannyas and I will take care of you. But Sachimata, the ideal mother, said, No, boy, once you have taken sannyas, you can't give maintain your sannas order. But still somewhere close by that I can receive your <coughs> news about you so that I can at least get to know how you are. So that is why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu decided to go to Jagannath because the devotees from Bengal go to Jagannath Puri to have darshan of Jagannath and from Jagannath Puri people come to Bengal to take bath in Ganga. So this is how it was felt that uh, if he stayed in Jagannath Puri, Mother Sachi's desire will be fulfilled. So that's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Jagannath Puri. After staying in Adhritacharya's house for three days, he left for Jagannath Puri <coughs> with uh, Nityananda, Gadadhar, Mukunda, Govinda, Jagadananda and Brahmananda. So with the six devotees he left. They stopped at different places from time to time. There are some beautiful descriptions in Chaitanya Charitamrita about Mahaprabhu's travel to Jagannath. One very important thing was when, like they, when they stopped in in Kirchur Gopinath Temple in Ramuna. On the way, there is this Ramona, where, where there is a temple of Gopinath, who is known as Kirchor Gopinath. Did anyone of you have gone to, did anyone of you go to Ramona? You went? No, no, I'm going to Yeah, right. Uh, on the way and to Jagannath Puri. So there they mentioned, Nityananda Prabhu told them the story of Madhavendra Puri. How many of you know about Madhavendra Puri? Okay, Madhavendra Puri is the spiritual master of Ishwar Puri, the spiritual master of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Madhavendra Puri actually retrieved retrieved Gopal in Vrindavan. You see, due to the Muslim atrocities, sometimes the Pujaris hid the deities in the forest, some place. 
so that otherwise the Muslims often would come and break the deity. So when they got the news that some people, some Muslims are going to attack some temple, they took the deities. And so in this way, Gopal was kept. And obviously there was no worship, there is no offering. So when Madhavendra Puri went to Jagannath Puri, uh, went to Vrindavan, he had a dream that Gopal is telling, look, for such a long time, I am starving. No one is making, offering any food to me. And I am neglected in this particular place. So, next morning, Madhavendra Puri called all the villagers and told that Gopal is such and such place. So they all came uh, with their axe and shovel. So, and they went inside the forest covered area and they found a beautiful deity of Gopal. Giridhari actually. So, <coughs> and the ceremony was arranged to bathe Gopal with thousands of pots of water. And then an Annakut ceremony was performed. For Gopal, so much food was brought that it was, it became a mountain of food. Anna means food and Kuta means mountain a mountain of food and it was offered to And then Gopal was installed on top of Govardhan. Gopal was on top of Govardhan. But later on again, the due to the fear of Muslims attack, Practically all the deities were taken to Rajasthan. Rajasthan was the place where the king were devotees and they were warriors. So they actually protected the deities. Like for example, Jai Singh took Govindaji from Vrindavan to Jaipur. Then uh, this way Madan Mohan was uh, taken to Karoli. Gopal was taken to uh, what's her name? Uh, Shinaji The Gopal actually is now being addressed as Srinathji. It was taken by Pallavacharya Sampradaya people. I mean, the king has taken, they were given the worship. And so they are being worshipped. So this is how most of the deities original deities, they were actually, all these deities were established by Krishna's 
great grandson and they were and but originally they were established by krishna's great grandson bajra bajra nag but unfortunately all those deities now have left vrindavan and they were taken to different places mainly in rajasthan anyway so madhavendra puri this way retrieved gover gopal installed him and govardhan and started the worship and during the summer time gopal told him that i am feeling so hot can you please arrange some camphor and sandalwood because camphor is cooling when it's mixed with sandalwood it becomes very very soothing for summer so now vrindavan those days was a forest there was nothing so just a few villages in the nearby so madhavendra puri decided to go to jagannath puri the king there was very generous and to ask for sandalwood and camphor so on the way to jagannath puri madhavendra puri stopped in this place remuna where there was this temple of gopinath and gopinath temple is famous for kheer that is condensed milk the milk is cooked down and made into a kind of a soft paste and offered to gopinath so he heard and he thought that if i could get the taste of the kheer milk condensed milk then i could offer it to But right then he realized that the offering has been made to Gopinath, and he desired to have that food before the food was offered to the Lord. So he felt so guilty that he just left that temple. It was evening, and he went to a nearby marketplace, like. Uh, the marketplaces in india those days used to be some shacks uh, in some open space and the traders on particular days that used to happen twice a week like for example tuesday and saturday or monday and friday uh, twice a week they would have uh, the marketplace there 
So otherwise those places are completely empty. So Madhavendra Puri went to that nearby hut that's called in Bengali and took rest. That night Gopinath, um, Gopinath appeared in a dream to the Pujari and said, look, this Madhavendra is there in that hut. So take one potful of kheer for him. The Pujari said, all the kheers have been distributed. There is no kheer left. Gopinath said, no, 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 one pot is there. You'll find it behind my cloth. So he immediately got up, took bath, came to the temple, and he found that, yes, behind the cloth of Gopinath, there is one pot. Now who kept this pot there? Gopinath himself. That's why from that time onwards, Gopinath got the name Kheer Chor Gopinath. Gopinath who stole Kheer for his devotee, Madhavendra. So the Pujari took that and went to that marketplace, called out. Uh, Madhavendra, Madhavendra, are you here? So Madhavendra Puri woke up. Said, yes. Come. Kopina sent this key for you. How do you find out? Well, Gopina appeared to me in a dream and the Pujari told the whole story what happened. How Gopina stole key for him. So, Madhavendra Puri felt that this news would spread and people would want to meet him, come to see him. So he decided to leave that place right away. So he took that pot of kheer and he left. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur mentioned that Madhavendra Puri wanted to run away from name and fame. But name and fame ran after after him. And that is the thing with the Vaishnava. Vaishnava doesn't want any uh, recognition, any name and fame, any glorification. But uh, name and fame run, runs after him. Although this happened long, long time ago, maybe six, seven hundred, about six hundred years ago. But still, although Madhavendra Puri didn't want to have any recognition and he tried to run away, but Pratishtha, name and fame, ran after him so much so that today his glory is spread all over the world. So Nityananda Prabhu told that story of Madhavendra Puri when they stopped in Ramana in Gopinath temple. Not a story, it's a history. 
history. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nitanda Prabhu did another thing also. He broke Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's danda. Sannasi has a danda, carries a danda. So he broke the danda. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to take bath and he gave the danda to Mukunda, please hold it for me. Nitanda Prabhu, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to take bath in the river, he took the danda and had a little conversation with him. Dear sir, addressing the danda, he told, who the hell do you think you are? That the Supreme Personality of Godhead will carry you as a token of punishment? I can't tolerate that. Saying that, he just cracked the gun. And uh, he threw the broken danda in the river. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came and asked, Mukunda, where is my danda? <laughs> then Mukunda told what happened. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was so upset, Nityananda, do you think my sannas is a joke? I wanted to go to Jagannath Puri, I wanted to go to Vrindavan, and you misled me and brought back to Shantipur. And now my only possession that I had as a sannasi, my only possession was my danda, and that also you took away and broke it. I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to stay with you. Saying that, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu just ran towards Jagannath. with them following after him. But he was running so fast that he arrived in Jagannath Puri, Jagannath Temple, much before them. And while he saw Lord Jagannath, he became so ecstatic that he wanted to embrace Lord Jagannath. And in ecstasy, he became unfeigned. He became unconscious. He fainted and he fell on the ground. So at that time, the the guards of the temple, the caretakers of the temple, became so alarmed that they thought maybe somebody is coming. He came to create disturbance to the Lord. But they were about to manhandle him. So Sarvamo Bhattacharya, who was, the, was considered to be the greatest scholar of that time on Vedanta philosophy, and he was the, uh, the scholar of the court of the king, Pandit. He was there, and he could recognize that this is a very exalted devotee who is displaying this ecstatic symptom. So he made his students carry Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to his house. When the devotees came, following Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, <coughs> they came to Jagannath Puri and asked, Jagannath Temple and asked the 
people there. Did you see a sunnasi? Like that, young sunnasi. And then uh, they were informed that yes, such and such sannyasi came and he fainted and he was in Sarvam, Sarvam Bhattacharya speaking to the house. So this is how Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu arrived in Jagannathpuri. Hare Krishna. So I'll invite some questions now. Yes, Rajiv. Right. Um, it's just that uh, The difficulty about Jagannath Puri is that <coughs> the pujaris there do not allow the non-Hindus to enter into that temple. So that's why Prabhupada did not really make an effort to set up anything in Jagannath Puri. But, but later on we got some properties in Jagannath Puri, like Bhaktivinoda Thakur's house in Jagannath Puri. Not house, Bhajan Kutis. We got. And we got a large piece of property also in Jagannath Puri. So activities are going on, but the Pujaris are very worried about this thing. And probably somehow they also know, because Prabhupada mentioned that we won't, in Jagannath Puri, we won't establish any deity in the temple. We'll build a temple, a gorgeous temple. We won't establish the deities. Jagannath will move in there. He'll leave that temple and come to our temple. Maybe that's why the Pujaris are so worried that we may steal Jagannath. But it's an amazing, Jagannath temple is an amazing temple actually. Like the way the prasadam is cooked there. You see there is one fire and they put pot after pot and they stack them up. And just the fire is at the bottom but the, the whole thing gets cooked. When the bottom part is cooked, the top part is also cooked. And the taste of the Jagannath Prashad is literally out of this world. How many of you have been to Jagannath Puri? What do you think of the Prashad there? Uh 
I can tell you, I go to Jagannath Puri mainly for the prashad. <laughs> but I really look forward to the prashad. And so Jagannath Prashad, sometimes even if you can't go to Jagannath Puri, the devotees know how fond I am of the Jagannath Prashad, that they arrange, when I go to Bhubaneshwar and don't go to the Jagannath Puri, they arrange for Prashad to be brought to Bhubaneshwar. <laughs> and there's some amazing, uh, I mean that temple is really amazing. Like, you see, each temple is very, very high. It's about 120 feet high or 150 feet maybe. That means it's like about 15-story building. And there is no stair or there is no, you know, even rings to climb on top. But every evening, two persons go there carrying a bundle of the flag, which is a bundle about this big. And they tie up the flags on top of the temple. The flags are so big, like really the height will be the size of this ceiling. That means about eight, nine feet. And the length will be about the end of that. So these are the size of the flag. And there are rows of that's the largest and then there are smaller sizes. And they every morning, every evening, they climb up the temple. With this bundle, no you know, like no arrangement to climb up. Just uh, on the kind of, you know, like the edges and the carbs that are there, holding on to that, they go up. Summer, winter, monsoon, rain, thunder, storm, irrespective of that, every day they go up. And since time immemorial, there has been a single accident. So next time you go to Jagannath Puri, make it a point to watch that. I think it's a sight to watch. I generally make it a point. <laughs> because it's so exciting to see the way they climb up. <laughs> I don't think even the monkeys will be able to climb up like that. And especially with such a big bundle. So they tied up the, untie the old flag, tie up the new flag, then carrying the old flag, carrying the old flag in a bundle, they come down. They go up with the bundle, come down. And is going on since time Generation after generation. Yes, Megang? Uh, um, it's a carryover question from that temple. So, I've never been, but I've heard stories about the temple that it's got some weird things about it that we can't explain. Like, if you go inside the temple, you can't hear the ocean and the chakra on top of the ocean chakra that it has a shadow and the flag away. Yeah, that's right. I was just going to ask you to 
Yeah, yeah, there's some amazing things there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that is how we can very easily see the spiritual effect. Okay, any other question? Abhu Mahad, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took initiation from Vishwapur, but took Sanyat from Keshav. So why, why not from this That's okay. It's not the difference. In Iskon we have that. For in Gorya we have the custom culture. But those days it was not necessary that Sannas Guru and Initiator Guru has to be the same. Thinking of taking sannyas? <laughs> Any other question? <laughs> yes? Uh, when they take sannyas, uh, they normally have the steak, the danda. Uh, what, what are the examples then? Why do we yeah. do <clears throat> Our sannyas is called three danda sannyas. Sannas consisting of three dandas. There's three sticks in there. Actually, the four sticks are there. Three sticks are symbolizing the body, mind, and words. Are dedicated completely in the service of the Lord. Sannas's body is not his body anymore. Sannas's mind is not his mind anymore. Sannyasa's words are not for his expression. They are all offered to Krishna and it's for Krishna's service. Any other question? Yes? Say it again, I couldn't hear the last part. What's all the difference between the devotee and pure devotee? Because uh, we say we are objectives to get everyone to go back to God, right? But you often say that pure devotee doesn't even want to go back to God. Pure devotee, that? Doesn't want to go back to God. Oh, I see. The thing is that the option is there, but you see, uh, the devotees are concerned more about service. Right? So, when service is there, that is like being with the Lord Himself, right? So, since they are more concerned about the service, they are not so much interested in going back to God. If I have service here, then isn't this place the spiritual world? So, why should I separately want to go to spiritual world? When this world is non-different from spiritual, 
right? That is the that is the mood that has been described of a he doesn't have any other desire besides serving Krishna and keeping Krishna. There is no personal consideration. I do not care, I do not desire anything, whatever Krishna wants. If Krishna wants me to go there, I will go. But if there is no service there, then I don't want to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Guru Maharaj, I'm just wondering, like, the people, or if we don't get to go back to Godhead in the next, um, like, the void rebirth, will we perpetually be reborn? Like, is there a point in time when it ends, or is it eternal? Until one goes back to Godhead, it is perpetual. Material nature means coming back. In order to come to, in order to be in the material nature, you'll need a body, right? Material body. So to get a material body, one has to take part. So that's why one has to come back again and again. But when one goes back to spiritual world, getting his spiritual identity then there is no consideration of taking part. Well, you say that we've been coming here to, you know, an embodied state of material world from time immemorial, but we also get told that we've been spirit with the spirit's soul um, eternally. I'm a bit confused as to how we got here. Are we eternally material or like sometimes, you know, when it is very long, long time, then it is described as eternal, but not really eternal. Because, like, our origin is not in the material. Our origin is in the spiritual. And Srila Prabhupada gave another uh, definition of this concept of eternal is that the cause of our bondage, cause of our fall down to this material nature is actually in the spiritual where the time is eternal. Therefore, like, we won't be able to know what is the cause of our fall down until we go back there, because the cause of our fall down is there. From here we will not be able to understand why and how we fall down. So, any other question? Yes. As you mentioned in today's lecture, Narthandas Thakur, Srinivasacharya and Samananda Thakur. So, who are they and where they came from and where are their Sipat and present in Mayapur North? They came from 
Srinivasacharya came from the place called Jajigram, that is towards the northern part of Bengal. And Naratamdas Thakur came from Triveni, which is south of and Srinivasacharya came, which is, I am sorry, Shamananda Prabhu came from the southern side of Bengal, which is probably southern Mednipur. And his thing was mostly in Odisha. His, his preaching field was Odisha. And who was Avatar his not avatar. They they are manjaris, but I don't remember what he said spiritually. Raghunath Das Goswami. Uh, I mean, sir, Narottam Das Thakur. I don't remember. Okay, thank you all very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada, Gold Premanandi. <laughs>